Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who haven't scored since 1958. Chris and Case. Hey, hey, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 320. It's 100 less than 420. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. Don't forget your CBD. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me are my good friends and co-hosts, Case and Jeff, the Riz Risen. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? We're both tired. Yes. <laughs> Let's just be honest yep. about it. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's been, no a, it's been a long week. No it's been a good around. week, but it's been a long week. <laughs> that, that it has. Uh, I'm, I'm with you guys. It's been crazy. Ah, this is my first week back at work after a long period off, and boy, it, <laughs> the days are long, man. The days That's rough, are long. Isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I liked it better on break. All right, we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> we're uh, going to take a look at the Lions' hiring process. We're going to see where they're at, who's hot, who's not. We're going to walk through some GM candidates, some head coaching candidates. We're going to talk about the big fix in the linebacker room and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up, boys. Are you ready to go? Go warm. Let's kick this off and break it down. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Let's get right <laughs> That's into awesome. it. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. You get me, Case. You get me sometimes. <laughs> all right. We're ready to it. Uh, I want to talk about something before we kick off with, with all the talk about what's going on and everything that's happening. I want to explain or describe something that a lot of folks probably haven't thought of, but is is a likely possibility, I think. It's, at least it would be where I was. If I was one of the members of the, the top leadership team in the Lions, it's something they call a canary trap, okay? And and what that is is a way to catch your, your leakers, the people that kind of get information out. And a team like the Lions in a position where they're doing a complete revamp of the upper echelon of the organization and the people in the organization um, – it's 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 a likely it's a strategy that I would absolutely employ if I was Chris Spielman or I was Sheila or I was Rod Wood. It's something I'd be like, you know what? Let's. I've heard before people know our plays, right? They know our plays before we run them. They know all kinds of stuff about our organization. I don't want them to know. I'm going to run my canary trap right now to know that I'm starting with a clean office from the top down and then work my way through. So you're going to hear a lot of people throughout this whole process as we get there saying, I've got a guy in the building or there's rumors or uh, you know some of the other stuff that's going around. They may have people there. Those people may not know. And I think a lot of the people probably know less now than historically what they've known throughout time. Right. So 
it's just like I said, a good time for him to get the the canaries and 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 get at that. So when you hear about some of the speculation, some of the other stuff, it's fun, right? It's really fun to strategize and speculate and talk about these guys, absolutely. But if we've learned anything from video games and random new Twitter accounts, <laughs> the cake is a lie. Okay, so let's just start there. Oh man, <laughs> and we will move on. Now that being said, let's start speculating. We're going to start with GM candidates. Right. <laughs> you know, can can I add something to that, Chris? Yeah, sure, for for sure. Man. So uh, normally this week is Shrine Game Shrine Bowl now week. Mm-hmm. It's canceled this year. Yeah, uh, I would normally be in Florida right now. Um, I'm sad. A lot of Lions insiders, but not all, would be there as well. Who else would be there? Everybody that the Lions employ. It's a more relaxed setting. It's casual. I have had, I've had adult beverages with um, executives from other teams. Um, I have seen a special teams coach from another NFC North team try to pick up a couple at a bar and take them back to their hotel room. Was that the spanking um, monkey? I mean, toasted monkey. That yeah, was the toasted monkey, indeed. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, Kyle Krabs, Mister Grinding the Tape, uh, who runs Dolphins Wire, uh, knows who it is because he was with me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, we. Uh, we get a lot of different access down there that you don't normally get when you go to Allen Park or when you're just, you know, meeting around. You catch these guys with their hair down some, and that's not happening this year. Um, and for, for me, it's a personal frustration because it is where I wind up getting a ton of info about who they're looking at in the draft process. Or if they do need a – they haven't ever needed a head coach while I've been there, but they have needed position coaches, um, and they have talked some free agency about who they might be going. So – a lot of us are more in the dark than normal anyways because of that. And then you've got a layer in there new with Chris Spielman, new with Sheila. Um, and you just talked very succinctly about the, the canary trap and you're absolutely right about that. So this is a year where I know less than I ever have before about where this organization is going and what they're looking at. And I would venture to guess that most people are in the same shoes as me. Yep. And and the the real risk of uh, if they are running a canary trap is when people just purely say they know somebody in the building and make crap up because that may be something that went out. You can actually cost somebody their job inadvertently by doing something like that. Um, Absolutely. And and it's um, a, it's a little bit irresponsible, but for us there, it's there's all... somebody who there's somebody who a lot of people think should be on GM lists who isn't who was victimized in a canary trap at another organization that I may or may not cover. And uh, uh, it was pretty, pretty radical when it happened. Um, And those who know, know those who don't, I'll just let it go. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But that, that you better believe that stuff happens. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Better believe it. And and not just in the NFL. (laughs) So I'm, I'm, if if you get privy to knowledge folks, Stay quiet. It's the best thing for your long-term future. When you, when you have privileged information, keep it privileged. Grizz knows. You, you shared things with me. I am absolutely a steel trap with the things. I mean, I, we've got stuff like we've talked about that could hurt people's careers and so on. And, I showed you something this week that we might yeah. have to reference tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will keep watching. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, let's talk about GM candidates. Um, and, and we know Case can't keep his mouth shut, but we're going to hold him down a little bit more. <laughs> we've burned him in every trap we've got. Um, <laughs> but we're going to walk through GM candidates first. 
We're going to go through them, talk about them and, and what we know and where they stand right now. And then we're going to move on to head coaching candidates. This is going to be a little bit uh, a different show, but it's going to be very topical and timely for where the Lions are and what they're going through. I want to start out with uh, someone that's in the Slack chat. It's on fire. There's a lot of people that really, really love this name and this gentleman. His name is Ed Dodds, Colts assistant GM. Riz, what do you think here? And, and, and I think maybe if we can. At the end, after you kind of do your your your, your kind of analysis or your thoughts on them, just throw a percentage chance they have, right? Give your odds, your Vegas odds right. for this guy. It will be a guess. I'm, I'll, yeah, I'll say that sure. straight up. It's it's a guess. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I, I'm putting you on the spot a little because we didn't talk about. No, that. that's that's <laughs> fine. Um, so Ed Dodds is the assistant general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. Before that, he helped in Seattle. He he does he has not been a, G, a general manager on his own, but he has had an unusual level of experience in doing what he does, doing a lot of the GM things. It's not as much as another one of the candidates who is probably out of play now because I think Denver is going to hire him any minute. Yep. Uh, but he has been involved in the evaluation at both the pro and the college scouting level. He has been a guy who has negotiated with agents uh, on that front, that sort of thing. He's done a lot, um, and he's been with two successful organizations, the Seahawks. Um, he was one of the guys behind the Legion of Boom. He was the guy, from what I understand anyways, who pounded the table for Russell Wilson. Now, he was not the only one in there, um, but remember, they signed Matt Flynn, and uh, there were still a lot of people like, hey, I don't know about that guy. Um, uh, and uh, they, they went after Russell Wilson. That turned out to be a very prudent move. Uh, and he has been with the Colts. He was the guy who w- was the table pounder for Darius Leonard, who is a 215-pound middle linebacker, and he might be the best in football at it too. Uh, so there's there's reason to trust what he's done in the past. Um, there's reason to think that he can do better. He was the guy. So if you ever go to Lucas Oil Stadium, they have a wild card participant banner hanging from the rafters. Why do he they hates need that. that kind of, I mean, this is lying. Exactly. Stuff. Come on. <laughs> so he railed against that and you can watch it on YouTube. It's out there. Um, it's, it's from their, the Colts and their, their draft process show that they do on YouTube and it's good. Um, and he comes across as very humorlessly brilliant in it is probably the best way to describe it. He is a very good candidate. He has turned down a lot of opportunities to interview. He turned down an opportunity to interview with the Browns last year. He has turned down interviews with other organizations. He has not done that this year. He did interview with the Carolina Panthers, but told them thank you, no thanks, because he didn't he didn't think it was a good fit for him. Right. So there's a lot really of reason to think that right? because he is because he has acquiesced to the Lions' interest and because he has turned down some other ones. It leads you to believe, and leads me to believe, that he is a very serious candidate for the job. Percentage-wise, on where we're at right now, he—I would say—he would be the favorite. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. I don't know if he's going to get it or not, but I would say it's probably like between sixty and seventy-five percent that he's—he's he's the guy. He has a he's, As a guess. He's one of those guys that kind of gets to pick where he goes. He's going to have a couple offers, yes. isn't he? Right, and yeah. that's one of the things that's going to make the Lions an interesting place to hire folks. I think they're going to have to spend a lot of money, and they're going to have to put together some long term deals for these guys to help kind of sweeten the the Detroit pot to get some people in. Now, Ed Dodds. I mean, if you think about it, you know he's in Indiana. You know, Indiana, Indianapolis. Um, it's a fine town. You've got the red it garter. Um, 
some other I stuff. I used to live there. I, I, I lived With there from Garden? 1984 to 1986. So. <laughs> nice yeah, place. It's, it's a fine town. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a, a interstate a, going through town. there is terrible, but <laughs> that's all I can speak to. Yes, they all are. <laughs> Case it is across. It is not a nice trip. 69. That's I, I got a great film. I <laughs> I got a. Um, I a feel picture. like do, do you want to grab that one and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. save this? Save that. Yeah, okay. for sure. We'll take that. That'll be a good drop. <laughs> um, I have a picture. Maybe I'll pull it out because you guys love my my younger days pictures. Um, standing next to the save big uh, sixty nine liquors uh, sign on the, uh, on the on the on the freeway for the liquor store. That was one of my favorites, but no, this is, this is a good one for him as far as like uh temperature, you know, climate, the whole kind of thing. And uh, we've got a meteorologist here to confirm or deny Detroit's actually got a little bit of a weather pattern than, than Indianapolis does. They actually get more snow. Indianapolis, If you've ever been there, especially in the winter, the wind is always in your face, no matter which direction you're walking. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. 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 It <laughs> and they, they do get significantly colder because they do not have any lake protecting them. Right. Right. They don't get as much snow, but it gets freaking cold there. Um, I'll go back to when I lived there. Um, the Super Bowl between the Dolphins and the Redskins at the time, we didn't have and school that's, for that's three days because the windshield was below 50 below. Um, we did we did not have school. They they canceled it because it was too dangerous to be outside. My dad like hermetically sealed our house with like blankets over the windows and doors and everything. Like it was oh, God. it gets crazy cold there. <sighs> That's like case case has days there that's colder than Mars or in yes. Fargo, right? Yeah, I am it is, familiar it is with not, this. It is I not Fargo, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure you have seen some. Although some this delicious. this winter, man, this is the mildest winter I think I've ever had in my life. So interesting. Okay, we'll, we'll thank winter. all the fossil fuels that everybody's burning. And uh... <laughs> I don't think that's what's burning in your place. Hey, so what do you think of the the idea of Dodd? Uh, Dodds there, Case. Where, where's your head? I feel like for him, as far as like living there versus living here, the family, the all the stuff that goes with that, Detroit isn't a negative, right? So you can look at very, very specific team situations for him to make the choice. Uh, what's your thoughts on on Dodds as a uh, moving over to Detroit as the GM? Well, I mean, would he? I mean, it's it probably it's a upgrade. It's not exactly like it's not a far move, you know. Um, it's I feel like we've basically set ourselves up where it's either Dodds or Holmes. That's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I have a hard time. I got so excited the last time we went in on GM because I thought I liked everything about him. <laughs> And I'm much more hesitant this time around. Uh, same story with head coaches. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm much more hesitant. I'm much less reticent to get excited about anything right off the bat. Um, Case, it's better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. Just remember Right. That. No, I won't argue with that. Okay. Uh, but I mean, I, 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 like I said, I think it's one of those two guys and I don't know which one, and I don't know which one's going to be better. <sighs> I think there's a lot of opinion out there, um, about these guys, but as we've seen in the past, how quickly those opinions can end up being completely wrong once somebody is in a new position. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's one of those things that, um, 
cases doing a little fence riding, but that's okay. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> there, there's nothing wrong with that, though. Yeah, yeah. There I, really isn't. I, I like Dodd. Dodd's what he can what he what he can bring. I like the aura around Dodds. I like what he might mean to this team and and what he looks like from the outside right now. I would absolutely, from so many perspectives, just besides being a Lions watcher and a fan of the team, I would love to be a, a, a fly in the wall to watch this process unfold. I would just love to see how they're handling these interviews. I, and I have some speculation on it. I'll go into a little bit later, but this is the kind of thing where you start thinking like in leadership t- terms and, and building an organization. How do you put that together? And they, I bet there's just so much to learn there. I bet there's just so much. It it's is. so interesting. And, and with, with the new ownership, um, you, you do have to consider Sheila a new owner. Yeah. You have Spielman coming in. What are they looking for? What is what's the one spark that's going to be like? Oh, this is the guy. You know what? What's what's their point? And and we don't know that. And that's uh, it's fascinating to try to guess. But uh, it's not going to be. We'll find cake. out in the end. It will not be a cake that decides it. Just so you know, this isn't a gender reveal. All right, uh, let's move on to the next uh, <laughs> next candidate here. Um, a guy named Brad Holmes uh, from the Rams, college scouting director. This guy has a heck of a reputation. A guy that um, it, I've heard him talked about in in that. They say they trade away their first and early round picks for mid and late round picks so they can get more because they're so certain that he's going to hit on those picks and he's so reliable to hit on those picks that they don't need the first or second round picks. They can use all those mid and late round picks that they get from trading away the capital. The concept of that scares the absolute shit out of me. I have to say that straight up, like if that's how you're going to approach the draft, but they're not doing so bad. The Rams are not doing so bad. So they're still playing, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh right. boy, we hope they win next their next game too. Oh, so. God, yeah, that'd, that'd be nice. Yeah, oh, that'd be nice God, with yeah. uh, with a backup quarterback, possibly. <laughs> Who knows what's going on with there? Yeah, they they just won a playoff game with their backup quarterback getting hurt. So their regular quarterback, they took number one overall with the last first round pick that they had in 2016. That was the last time they had one. Came in with the basic same thumb injury that Matthew Stafford had, except he actually had the surgery on it, and they still wound up beating Seattle, which is a, a crazy thing. But one of the reasons why they did was because Brad Holmes was the guy who said, get me Aaron Donald. I don't care. I don't care that he's short. I don't care that he's undersized. I don't care that he played at Pitt and not Alabama. That guy can ball, and, and he was right. And didn't <laughs> he get pointed out to – Holmes by an intern who was running some tape and 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 the idea is um Holmes listens to everybody high yes. emotional IQ the whole thing um does a really really good job with that and and and, and just a kid an intern picking up on film brought the brought Aaron Donald to his attention and had, had him d- dive in deep yep. I like he wasn't that afraid that of that info in. yeah yeah that's great and the fact that that story even gets out you know what I mean that's 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 someone who's yeah. who's confident himself and doesn't mind helping grow people around him. That's that's an excellent kind of candidate, an excellent set of qualities for a GM. Absolutely. And they've been aggressive in getting – one of the reasons why they haven't had a first-round pick is because they traded some for Jalen Ramsey, who might be the best cornerback in the league. They yeah. Which I been, thought was a bad move at the time, but definitely yeah. has not seemed like a bad move since. It was certainly fraught with peril, absolutely. Um, and But they, they have made it work. 
They are a top-heavy salary team, which is a little bit concerning. The fact that he's not worked with salary, the fact that he's not worked with the pro scouting side of things is a concern. As far as like college eye, he's probably the best college scout out there. He he was a college football player. He was a defensive tackle at, oh, God, it was one of the HBCUs. I think it was North Carolina A&T, but I might be wrong on that. But he he he's a big dude. I, I have met him before. Um, I have not shaken his hand, so he didn't break it, thankfully. Uh, but he's a he's a guy who looks – he's all business looking. Um, I, I've run into him at the Senior Bowl before. Actually, Chris, I think you have too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you knew that it was him, but um, he is a – I threw a shoulder. He, he's a guy who's going to, uh, going to command respect from players yeah. um, based on his physical presence, which <laughs> is something that, uh, let's say, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn didn't. Yeah, um, and that's not that's not a shot on them, but that's just not something that was part of their repertoire. Holmes has that to him, and the fact that he has been, like you said, the fact that he's open to listening and building consensuses, and has worked with Les Snead, who's a Snead. Uh, I'm not I'm I'm not a big Les Snead fan, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crap on a guy who's got his team still playing <laughs> at all. Sneed, yeah, um, He's also team. got great hair, which helps. Formerly Chucks. Um, <laughs> you know that you know, joke, they, right? they are they are still dealing um the fact that he's worked well with sneed who's a guy who he's not the most secure guy in the world for being a general manager of a football team but they've worked north very carolina well a&t sorry to interrupt. was it okay i was right good um yeah so there's uh there's reason to think that he can be a guy who and and this is just me riffing on this. If Chris Spielman is interested in having some input, I think that Holmes would be a very good guy for that yeah. particular task yep. because I think he would be open to listening to Chris Spielman and also open to a head coach who might want a little bit more personnel control than your basic head coach does. Uh, and that would lead to a more experienced coach coming in, a guy who has done that before, uh, who we will talk about because there's one specific candidate who would fit that very, very well. Yeah, yeah. I have to go back really quick to Ed Dodds and because you mentioned the Chris Spielman fit. And it seems like Ed Dodds is the kind of guy that is a direct plug-in to Chris Spielman's personality. I would agree with that. <laughs> very yes. much, very much the the similar kind of um, yeah, Chris Spielman does not want a wild card banner in Ford Field. No, no, they both live on Monster. Um, Monster, pay me. There's your sponsorship. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, what do you think, Case? Where's your Where's your head on Brad Holmes? Do you Do you want a guy more like Dodds, who's who's psychotic and energetic and and but smart, or do you want a guy who's more thoughtful and large and will crush you if need to be, but do it quietly? So the question is, who do they have around them? Because in a in a in a vacuum where I had where they have nobody else going for them, I think I'd rather have Dodds. But in if they're able to get guys around Holmes who would be, you know, excellent at the cat management side of things and 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 all the stuff that he doesn't have the experience with yet which hopefully you know he'd be able to grow into for sure you know over time mm -hmm. but if you're able to get some really good guys who are really good at specific areas and and Holmes is able to delegate I'd almost prefer that I'd almost rather uh, him be able to focus in a narrower window mm -hmm. 
Um, so I know that's me riding the fence again, but it just depends on the the situation that you're in. And I think for me, I it it is it is basically a toss of a coin for me between yeah. the two. No, but it's, it's okay, and I, and you make. Great I think points. Holmes is is maybe have like a just a tiny little bit of an edge for me, but I I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't say that with any strong conviction you make great points about you know who they're surrounded by like in a vacuum you can talk about them and their their strengths and weaknesses but what goes around them is 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 very very important and, and how they're going to work out uh is going to be wholly dependent on who who is surrounding them and we'll talk about maybe some of those, those combos after we uh, get through each of these guys but i appreciate that the other thing that a guy like uh brad holmes is, does to me it's this whole and hank fraley the same thing i and this is my own bias, right? You have to recognize and, and, and address your own bias. I'm not used to thinking of linemen generally as cerebral type of people. Okay. And, and, and again, I don't mean that to be insulting to people, but <laughs> right. You're, you think stereotypically you got guys that are in the trenches fighting and clawing. And then you think about like, like, again, I can go back to, you know, experientially Martin Mayhew, right? He, he, he was a more athletic player, uh, cornerback, right? Maybe yes, he was, was a cornerback, right? You think they're the most athletic on the field. They have to be able to forget things. They have to be able to, to, to read and quick react. They're, they're the pretty smart players, too. They have to be to, to be able to be well. And, and, and I've just got this kind of model that's been in my head for so long, and I never really anticipated to see um, your, your typical lineman-style guy to be those guys. But more and more and more, you're seeing these guys break out. And I think the stereotype is, is there for a reason, but maybe it's more 50s, 60s, 70s kind of, uh, you know, in the trenches kinds of players. Because even now with Frank Ragnow, some of the stuff that he he's posting on, on Instagram, TJ Lang, some of the stuff he's got going on on, on, on Twitter, these guys are really, well, really Well, I think some of our dudes. linemen are, are linemen definitely have more going on in their head than some of the other players on our team. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm gonna chew a little hamburger on the tongue there. Uh, <laughs> but no, this is linebacker. <laughs> linebacker. Don't worry. We've got a replacement. We just picked up. Um, no, I think. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think it's just oh, an, no. a shift, not just in kind of the type of people playing those roles and 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 people in general and and, and what they go through, but a shift then on the outside looking in at what these guys bring because like Hank, Hank Fraley for me was a groundbreaker to see that guy so emotionally intelligent and being able to work with the players around him like he did individually each person was an individual and he knew how to get through to each one it was just so impressive right as, as someone who's so it into really like leadership and and leading people I, he just floored me with how smart he was and how good he was. I was just blown away. And that was kind of, it started to break the mold for me and get me thinking about it. And then you get guys like this that are coming in and are just like superstars. So I, I acknowledge my bias. All right, let's uh, move on to the next one. Uh, a guy named Thomas Dimitrov comes from uh, the Falcons, former GM, got the team to a Super Bowl. Which is, you know, hey, if if that happened for the Lions, I I would call that a successful GM. Even if it, even if what happened to them in that Super Bowl happened to the Lions, I would call that a successful GM. They were two quarters away from a title. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, what do you think? Where's your head at with uh, Thomas Dimitrov there, uh, Jeff? Um, I like him a lot. Of all the people who have done the job before, he would be my favorite. Uh, he is, he was aggressive. 
almost to a fault. Um, you look at the Julio Jones trade. You look at Which some I of the things still that think was a bad decision, but but it worked. Um, and and one of the things that we'll get to more in the draft is you'd never, almost never want to be the team that trades down. You want to be the team that's trading up because the team that trades up wins a hell of a lot more than the team that trades back. Um, and Dimitrov is a good example of that. Um, he has some holes in his draft resume. That's absolutely true. Uh, defensive line specifically. He's also been really good at, fi- at finding free agents who fit holes. Um, the Alex Mack signing that he made was probably the best free agent signing of, of the, the five-year period that, that it was involved in. Um, it was brilliant. He did a really good job of, of reviving some careers. He did find players, who, um, guys like uh, Devondre Campbell, Deion Jones, um, linebackers specifically, he did a very good job of finding guys who were underappreciated and found how, how they worked. Uh, I don't think he made a very good choice in Dan Quinn as the coach, mm-hmm. and I think he paid for that ultimately. Uh, he also was there for, I think it was 12 years. That's a long time. Uh, that I'm, I'm one of those people, I don't necessarily mind when an organization turns things over after like 10 years. I, I, know, I, I know you look at like, like what Pittsburgh has done and, and what's going on with Seattle, where, where Pete Carroll's been there for a long time, and Bill Belichick, obviously. I'm not opposed to a guy realizing that his course has run and moving on. And I do think that that happened with Dimitrov. And I do think that he's, he's done enough on his own merit to prove that he can, he he deserves another shot. Um, There are people who will tell you that, Oh, I don't want him because he grew up with the Patriots. Well, if you don't think that 12 years in Atlanta and getting that organization to a Super Bowl where he did very much a diff, he emphasized wide receivers. He emphasized, you know, the, the defensive backfield much more than, than the Patriots. So he, he was a completely divergent path. He created his own thing. And I think anybody who says that, oh, I don't want to just because he, he, he wants to work for the Patriots, you're lazy. Stop it. Um, be better than that. Be a better person than that because he is. He is much more than that. And if you only see him as that, you are never going to be happy with the Lions. Go root for another damn team. Get off my lawn. Thank you. I, I love it when you, how young you sound. I, I freaking hate those. I freaking hate people that do that. The closed minded nimbuses like that. Yep. Absolutely. Go away. Absolutely. Get away from my team. Go over for the bears. Go. All right. Well, I will say that I, I, I slightly disagree with, um, I disagree with some of his philosophy stuff and where it has and has not worked is, a long, long conversation. So if we do pick him up, it we is. can we 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 can revisit all of that and and break it down in a much deeper fashion. But I don't think that needs to happen today. So let me ask you, Case. Yeah. Um, you've said repeatedly oh. that people that wear visors backwards are complete idiots and have no place anywhere in uh, in Detroit or where you would be interested. Why is it that you still love Dimitrov as your GM? <laughs> I don't remember saying that repeatedly. <laughs> I feel like maybe you've taken advantage of uh, um, um, some moments I don't remember by by oh, saying that. But, not just like um, that, but go ahead. <laughs> I do appreciate the picture of the dude with the bat, his hat on backwards, uh, shading his eyes like that. Like I, I, I got a kick out of that, but. <laughs> 
As somebody who occasionally wears a hat backwards, although less than I did, you know, when I was younger. But it was Colin Coward hates you. The thing was, it <laughs> oh, was yeah, a no, visor. Colin Coward absolutely despises me. It, it, it's it's even worse though, Case, because it's a visor. You could say, well, if you wear a hat, it's maybe keeping sun off your scalp or something like that. But literally, a visor is only has one <laughs> one function. Job. Can I say this about Tom Dimitrov? The, the first time I met Tom Dimitrov, I was on a plane out of Atlanta going to Mobile to the Senior Bowl, and he was in the aisle seat across from me um he had to have been wearing ten thousand dollars worth of clothing and jewelry like he is the most natalie dressed dude i think i've ever encountered in real life he he his wardrobe budget has to be um it, it, it i can't i can't even fathom it it's more than i make in a year more mm. than i make in years on mm. doing what i do it's uh <laughs> so if you're somebody who's easily impressed by um you know, $15,000 shoes and an alligator belt to match. Um, you're probably going to like Tom Dimitrov a lot. <laughs> there you go. Anything That's else on Dimitrov totally from you, Case? <laughs> Except the stupid visor comments? <laughs> no. I'm 100% the guy who's impressed by alligator belts and... <laughs> White pants and white shoes. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's me Brown in, belt. A, in a in a nutshell. Yeah. Brown belt, black socks, tan oh, shoes. I, I wish. Think, I think you might have just talked me out of any enthusiasm I might possibly could have had for him just by saying that. So <laughs> the thing I wish no, so, so, so much. I, I, had I will the, say the this: case in the we'll go back to the odds thing for a second. Boost. I think the more the I more people who interview for the job, the less likely it is that Tom Dimitrov is the guy. I think if he was going to be yep. the guy, he would have been the guy already. Just, just my take on it. I no insider information on it. It's just my rationale on it. Yes, I hope you're right. <laughs> I just saw. I just lost this tweet. Hold on, give me a minute. Um, the people that are being invited back. Why did I touch my phone and make it go away? I'll have it here one second. Um, as I do that, let's move on to the next fella. Um. A guy named Rick Smith, EVP of Football Ops for the Houston Texans. Um, sounds worse than it is, I'll say. Uh, got out, got, <laughs> he got a raw deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and he left. Um, you, you talk about a guy who, who does what's important, right? His wife was sick. She got cancer. He knew he couldn't she support did. the team and his family at the same time, and he picked his family and, and left the team to go ahead and take care of that. Um, she's she's since passed, and now um, he's back in the fold for for different uh, interviews along the way. So, uh, right off the top, as a man, give him ultimate props for taking care of what's the most important in the family. What do you think of him as a uh, an option at GM Riz? So I know him um, from covering the Texans. I was covering the team when he was. It was a very odd sense of timing with what happened with his wife. And it was totally legit that he did leave for that reason. But at the same time, he also lost a pissing contest with Bill O'Brien to try to curry favor of then owner. Um, his son has taken over now. Bob, Bob McNair was the owner at that time. His son, Cal, is now under the, the influence of, of Rasputin in the form of Jack Easterby. And that team is a massive train wreck. And I don't blame Rick for leaving that. That dumpster is uh, melting. The fire is so hot. The steel of the dumpster melts before our eyes. It's uh, honestly, it's it's really kind of scary what's going on with that organization right now. And uh, there will be a lot of things written about it. There's a great piece out there on SI right now. Um, it's called Chaos. Uh, I referenced it in a piece that I wrote at Real GM today. It's if you ever want to complain about the Ford family, 
I would strongly encourage you to look at the McNair family <laughs> instead. <laughs> um, it gets a hell of a lot worse. Uh, and uh, so, but Rick did a very good job of us. He was the guy who was responsible for JJ Watt being there. He was the guy who was responsible for Glover Quinn um, and Glover Quinn left there against Rick Smith's wishes. Yep. Um, that was a Bill O'Brien decision. Um, actually, it was before Bill. Um, and th- that was that was Bill's first year because yep. they brought in Ed Reed. They chose Ed Reed over him, um, and that was the Lions' eternal benefit. He was really, really good at finding guys like Glover Quinn, guys like Arian Foster, an undrafted free agent who was phenomenal. Yep. Um, not so good at finding offensive linemen. That's sort of an Achilles heel with, with Rick Smith. Uh, but uh, he's a very, very sharp guy. He he has the mentality of a player. He gets along well with players. He did not get along with get along well with Bill O'Brien. I would probably take that, knowing Bill the way I do, as a positive for Detroit. Um, Bill O'Brien is. I don't want to lump them with Matt Patricia, but they are much more like the the negative Patriot way people than any other people have ever sprung from that and have never been successful. Think about this. Um, when you think about the Patriot Bill had way. success, but yeah, I, I, I like Rick Smith a lot. Um, with him, honestly, I think the, the time that he's had away, we haven't really seen him do anything since then, and that concerns me a little bit. You know, where is his hat, where is his head at in terms of where the game has gone? Because uh, he hasn't been there for two full seasons and more, and a little bit more than that. Um, and the team has definitely withered in his absence. And I wonder where his football head is at. If Is he refreshed or is it something where he's going to try to redo what he did in the past? Um, whereas with Dimitrov, you know, this is a guy who's who's been plugged in. He's talked to agents in the last you know six weeks um, where Rick hasn't been in that game. He's been out of it a little bit. And I, that's a little bit of a concern, but I would absolutely be happy if they hired Rick Smith. I would have zero problem embracing Rick Smith as the GM of the Lions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And thinking of the Patriot way, I just got to bring up something. I did. I tweeted this. People so often said that Tom Brady is a uh, system quarterback. Well, that system survives in New England right now, and they're sitting on the sidelines watching the playoffs from home from day one. Maybe it's just that Belichick was a carried coach. Just, just. Just put that out there. I couldn't oh. disagree more, oh. but that, and, and, I feel like that's a topic for another day. And think about his whole tree, <laughs> all the success from his coaching tree. No, okay, I'm just I'm just rattling people's cages. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I love doing that. All right, really quick, this is what uh, had come through. Um, Brad Holmes coming back for a second inter- interview. Uh, we're hearing from Breer that Ed Dodds, Terry Fontenot, and Jeff Ireland and George Payton. Are all coming back for second? second George Payton is. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because he's the guy that I alluded to earlier, who most people expect to get the Broncos job. Um, and I'll talk about him for a, a real quick second here. This is a guy. He is as close to a general manager as you could be without actually being a general manager. He does everything for Rick Spielman. With I shouldn't say he does everything with Rick Spielman. He is in their draft room. He helps run it. He helps figure out who they're going to sign in free agency. He's He was the guy who decided that they needed to give up on Everson Griffin, among other things. Uh, he is very, very involved in the day-to-day operations as an assistant general manager. He has turned down better jobs than the Lions in the past. So the fact that he would come back for another one is very interesting to me, uh, especially since uh, there's a lot of people in Denver who think that he's already been hired there, and he has not. So that's uh, 
that's curious to maybe me. he's up for the challenge uh the one thing to think about maybe. with this as well is that ireland and fontenot are new orleans guys and they can't they come in for in-person interviews until new orleans gets gets gone and that may not happen for a while um that being said and this of course this is where your next kind of controversy is controversy is going to come from <laughs> um <laughs> it's going to be that the lions feel pressure and hire me and i'm just going to make this up right they hire ed dodds because and they never get Fontenot and Ireland in for an interview, and people will like flip out on one hand, and on the other hand, it's like we need to get our guy right. So when you want to hear your your radio, your favorite radio host start making you know making hay over non issues, um, that that's probably one of the angles they'll use. Uh, when they hire the person, I have a, I have a feeling they're going to hire the person they want, whether they get the other interviews done or not. And, and that's that's the other dynamic that we're not that we, we don't know. And we talked about that earlier. We don't know who they want. We don't know exactly what they, they are looking for. They might not like George Payton. Um, and it is Payton, by the way, P A T O N, but it is Payton. Um, they might not like what Ed Dodds comes to them with a plan with. We do, we don't know that uh, because we don't know what they're looking for. And we don't know exactly what's being sold to them either. Um, and I will, uh, I'll just say that you need to, to be aware that not every priority there are there are guys who will be great candidates for the Falcons job. Guys who are great candidates for the Broncos job who might not work in Detroit. Um, and I have seen that firsthand with the other team that I cover, the Cleveland Browns. There are guys who were terrible in Cleveland or not good at all in Cleveland who would probably do a better job somewhere else. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he would be oh, chief among them, but not the only carry one. Him. <laughs> Somebody had to carry him. All right. <laughs> I want to talk about one more GM candidate that's actually not on the list. Uh, John Snyder. I just want to talk about his play. It was a really good move on his part because it was all oh, yeah. about getting paid, wasn't it? Worked, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it sure did. Um, play, play, play your team against the other teams. And, and you know there's a lot of hunger out there for a guy like John Schneider. And uh, he likes where he is. He's happy, but he just wants a little more, right? And he also knows that um the former usc cheater is going to be leaving in a couple of years so um you know he's can you he, believe that pete that. carroll is the oldest coach in the nfl isn't that crazy because he doesn't look it i mean he, he he's got the gray hair and everything but the, the, the way he carries himself and runs and the way he dresses and stuff you would think he's he's not even close i yeah. think snyder's overrated <laughs> i don't disagree with that at all um uh i think he had one Okay, a couple years, okay, of incredibly good drafting right away, right off the bat. But since then, we have DK Metcalf, and who else? Last last few years have been, I mean, slim. Yeah, but but don't look, forget look at the offensive lineman he's drafted. It, it, oh and the th- my god, the the question mark there though is that Pete Carroll has final say on. Who they're true, grabbing. true, true. So I won't argue with that. And, and, much but they are—they are the committee, though. Like they—they yeah, yeah. they, like we just talked about, like what what you might have with with Holmes and Spielman, uh, or with Dodds and and whoever the head coach is. 
um, it, it is a consensus, but Pete does have the final say. But but you better believe that Schneider is involved in that. And Schneider was a guy pounding the table supposedly for Russell Wilson as well, who which I, I totally give him credit for. But that, man, that was a long time ago. Yeah. And <laughs> the the <laughs> thing to look at here done is for me lately, and um, the the one point of differentiation this was brought up by people in cleveland was that john schneider wanted nick chubb and pete carroll was the guy who chose brad penny oh. sure sure and that's that is definitely that's rough favorite, dude. So. <laughs> man oh man that hurts because chubb boy chubb is a machine isn't he? i remember <laughs> the hype for penny man and i oh. Oh, that was i didn't i was not as high on chubb as i should have been i liked him but I, I i did not see what he would become. I, I, I did not see the full potential he of that is, guy. Wowzer. Wowzer, man. He's, he's a hell of a lot of fun to watch on a weekly yeah. and, basis. And him and Hunt together, what a dynamic duo, man. They did good, good props to Cleveland. God. It, yeah. You know. And, and John result, Dorsey, not a candidate, and nor should he be. He got that right. Yeah. <laughs> he nailed that. <laughs> yeah. You know, as a result, it's become uh, Case's favorite town. Well, a result of that and a little bit of CBD. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. <laughs> help help get rid of your anxiety, pain, or insomnia by going to CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Legal in all 50 states. It comes from the plant known as hemp, and uh, it does all kinds of great stuff for your body. It's all natural. It's finally available, and uh, we get a little kickback if you get it from CBD, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It's Diamond CBD. They're a great, great group. They're a great sponsor. They donate a lot and help us uh, give with giveaways and everything else for the uh, St. Jude show we did. Um, there's two There's two lines. i got to talk about it. I want to make sure I differentiate. There's like all the CBD oil and the gummy bears, and, and there's Chong's Choice, and, and there's a, a LT Lawrence Taylor has a line of stuff. That's all great stuff, highly efficacious. It works. Um, you can do that and go drive a, a high-low or a forklift or whatever. You know, you can do your you can do your job. They have a different line, which is their Delta Eight line, which is more of the you get the feeling that you associate more with maybe the plant. And um, there's guys that, that just look if you get the gummies the first time, just eat one and call it a night. Don't don't say I didn't feel enough and and go eat another one. There's guys that have lost a couple hours by doing that. Uh, they it's called the Chill Line, the Delta Eight Chill Line. It's it's great stuff. It really works well. Helps you out with all those same things. And uh, if you've got an afternoon to kind of just have a seat in the couch and watch some good movies, some, some football games, it's a it's a great way to fly. I have a discount code for you guys right now: sixty five percent off on all the strongest chill line or delta eight line it's got d8 so go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com if you're interested 60 65 percent off of everything with got d8 code there's your special code use that uh it's good for a little bit 65 percent off uh you feel great take care of all that pain anxiety or insomnia or all three at once or the creams the creams work great they're absolutely fabulous i hear that from a lot of people that use them cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com all right thanks guys for letting me get through that um let's I, we got a phone call and i think this phone call really gives us a good transition into what we want to talk about next so let me uh let me bring up uh long time long time caller long time listener i think hey guys a couple quick things here number one just to throw my quick two cents in i'm uh Hoping that the Lions get a head coach with some head coaching experience. I am really tired of the uh, first-time head coaches and the inevitable growing pains that go with 
you know, while they learn on the job. So I'm hoping for an experienced guy. I'd really like Marv Lewis. I don't know. I haven't heard anything since he interviewed. Is there any momentum at all behind that? I'm, I'm guessing no, since we really haven't heard much else there. Um, but also another thing related to that, I'd kind of like to hear you guys speculate a little bit about where you think the Lions are right now behind closed doors. Do you, I mean, they have uh, interviewed a lot of GM and coaching candidates. Do you think they have a lot of people crossed off their list now and have uh, kind of shortened the whole thing down to just a few folks? Or what do you think is going on behind closed doors right now? I'd really like you guys to speculate a little bit about that and uh, tell us what you, uh, where you think they are right now in the process. Thanks, guys. How about that? Don't we have the most intelligent callers? Obviously somebody from the Slack chat, huh? <laughs> Certainly not the colors that we used to get at 96.1 in Grand Rapids. <laughs> yeah, they're worse now, too, I bet. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, Marvin Lewis, let's start there. We'll get we'll get the behind-closed-doors talk going, but let's start out with uh, Marvin Lewis and think about him. Uh, co-defensive quarter, coordinator at Arizona State right now. It's really where he cut his teeth and everyone knew him. <laughs> no, he uh, spent uh, 15 years as head coach for the Bengals. Um, again, you talked about... And this is where I want to start with with Marvin Lewis because because you have a great set of stories about this and you can pick whatever ones you want to tell. Where is um, you talk about how dysfunctionally bad and cancerous the organization is in Houston? Cincinnati is another example of it could be way worse than the Fords. Yeah, he spent fifteen years there. Let's let's start with that and then get into Marvin. <laughs> so he took over a two and fourteen team that was known for all the people who were going to jail all the time. <laughs> um that that's what they were known for they had not they hadn't they hadn't been relevant in a long time this is an organization that made the players pay for their own freaking gatorade they they had to bring in medical like training tape on their own at times um not all the time but at times this this is um this is the organization where i learned that la quinta is spanish for next to denny's (laughs) <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's like their, their gourmet thing. Uh, they the, were the scouting staff. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> they had a scouting staff that was, um, they had one guy, they employed former Ohio state coach, John Cooper, who did it for fun because he was bored in retirement. <laughs> um, th- that, that was their scouting staff. The, the general, they don't really have a general manager. It's the owner. His daughter, Katie, who's really sharp, by the way, is a very good football person, um, does a lot of things for them. Her husband is not so much, but he also does a lot of things for them, (laughs) although he's gotten better. Marvin put a lot of emphasis on changing the way that the Bengals did business. Um, he, He was very big on getting them a practice facility that wasn't concrete. Um, he was very big on getting them, um, to have more than just orange Gatorade that they may or may not have to pay for in the locker room. Uh, he was really, really good and stood up for the players and the players loved him for it. Uh, I would encourage you to search out Willie Anderson, who is a deserving hall of fame finalist this year. Uh, and, and was an offensive tackle for them. He has a wonderful thread on Twitter about how much he loves Marvin and why Marvin, why the players all loved Marvin to a man. Um, and aside from the fact they also won a lot of division titles, I believe they won four of them, any division with the Steelers and the Ravens at their peaks. 
and he bettered them. Two of those came with Andy freaking Dalton as his quarterback. Hmm. Don't tell me that's not impressive. <laughs> yeah. Marvin Lewis is a guy, and I know you really like him. I I I I have a relationship with Marvin. I know him some. I, I do love him very much, and I cannot be unbiased about it. But I I understand why there are people who have trepidation about Marvin Lewis coming to the Detroit. And one of the things you think about with the coach and the GM kind of search and the kind of having them both in the mix right now is if you get one with a lot of experience, you can go younger at the other one, and vice versa, right? And I saw Justin Rogers just tweeted something, and, and this was in my in my notes, so it's it's. It's we we're, it's parallel thinking, but it's a, it's the same thing. And I want to do do want to give Justin credit because it's absolutely true. If you think about Holmes, who we just talked about, Marvin Lewis becomes your guy with the most experience of everyone that we've yes. interviewed, and becomes that good yin to the yang on that one. So just just some thought on that. Uh, Case, what's your thought? Marvin Lewis is he your guy? You going to dinner with him tonight? There's two words, Jim Caldwell, and the comparison between the two. Everybody loves them. They are competent, but not exceptional. Um, He did for sure get the Bengals higher than Jim Caldwell for a longer time than Jim Caldwell was able to get the Lions, but I also think that he had better rosters overall, uh, despite Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton had much better weapons around him for the majority of the time that that situation was going on. Um, That's true. I've spent a lot of time looking at those Bengals teams and there was some incredible talent that never reached its absolute pinnacle because it stopped. It never got, it almost seldom got better from year to year. It peaked and stayed at peak and just never improved. And, and to me that, that has so many similarities to Jim Caldwell and that's that's my concern. Um, that isn't to say that I don't that I think it would be a horrible move, but I think it would probably result in a similar outcome to what we had. I think we'd we'd end up winning more games than we are winning right now. Absolutely. I think that uh, the players would be excited and happy, and I think that's a good thing. But I think there are too many errors, too many minor issues in terms of the the uh, the minutia of of calling games and when to do this and when to do that. Can I throw you a bone here? Kind of things, he but. he did not choose coordinators well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let, and I'm gonna. And neither did Jim Caldwell. I'm gonna, <laughs> no, he was terrible. So, he, yeah. he was terrible at, at evaluating coaches. Um, I will say he's in a different vein. I'll use the Jim Caldwell example. Um, we have a really bad team here, and in, in some ways, I think there's if you you can get the right talent, I think you can turn it around relatively quickly. Um, and you can see how how quickly Cleveland, for as a great example, did a rebuild and turn around. Right? It shouldn't take more than three years. We've been talking about that in the chat a lot. Um, credit Ash Thompson, who's coming out with a vlog this Thursday for us, and he's been writing some great stories. If you guys haven't seen Detroit Lions Podcast dot com, uh, he's got a breakdown. Uh, they're long ones, right? So if you've got some time, you know, you're talking three four thousand words on Dodds, Holmes, Dimitrov, Smith, the whole thing. Check them out. They're good, Let's go. good reads. He's got a vlog for us coming on Thursday. But anyway, um, it shouldn't take more than three years to know if your your your, your rebuild is going to work. Marvin Jones is the Jim Caldwell 
repeat, you know, version two for the Lions to take us from a point where the the raw. Now, let me say, Caldwell started with with um, Schwartz's roster, which was not as much of a dumpster fire as we are now. But I think Marvin Jones can take us to a point where Marvin Lewis. I'm sorry, so I got the Jones on the brain. Marvin Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> I keep thinking of that Marvin Jones that- was a Marvin. Lu- One other thing to know with Marvin, because they didn't have a scouting part, he was picking his own players. He found guys like like. Like Marvin Jones, like yeah. Geno Atkins, like Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. Um, those are all, by and large, Marvin's doing. Um, sure. I'll, I'll say Marvin well, Lewis is your transition coach. And your GM But if you're right going to do that, you need to, to know he's a transition coach. I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't think yeah. he knows that. But I don't think he's the guy that's going to get the Detroit Lions to a Super Bowl, is what I'm talking about. He's going to get the Detroit Lions so they're ready for the next coach yeah. to get them to the Super Bowl. That's who Marvin Jones is and who's going to be. And making that transition is, as we have seen, is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Not impossible, just difficult. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that as a uh, drumming up support for Marvin Lewis. That's just, I think, where he fits in the cycle and the scheme with the Detroit Lions. Um, and he, he will do a great job of getting someone like a Brad Holmes trained for his first couple years to get to his yes, next hire, to get that. to that big winning coach, to get him to that Super Bowl level. That's I'll, what your plan is, I think, in the long term in that with that case. Here's a question uh, about Marvin Lewis. And I as much time as I've spent looking at Cincinnati's roster, because there was a lot of, I don't know why I keyed in on them so much during Marvin Lewis's years, but I think there were some there were a lot of comparisons made between uh, Dalton and Stafford during that time, so maybe that's why. Um, but Marvin Lewis did some good things for Andy Dalton for sure. And if we were to uh, be looking for someone like Justin Fields or something like that uh, in the draft, is is Marvin Lewis the kind of guy that you think Jeff would? do a good job with that situation uh again this is this is one of the downsides with marvin is that he's not chosen great coordinators uh the best offensive coordinator he had was jay gruden who spread his wings and flopped miserably um that's yeah that's 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 definite concern with marvin absolutely um and that's um without knowing who he would bring with him that, that that's that's a certain concern. Uh, I do think that he did a very good job of maximizing the talent. Um, I think he, look, it, you, ha- you have to throw out his last year in Cincinnati. That was a lost season um, that was beyond his control. Right. He kind of knew going in that he was out of it. So so throw that one out, but but they did decline. He, he definitely hit a peak and started to slide down, um, and they were too cheap to get out of it as, as long as the short of it. Um, one thing with him is, you know, aside from finding the coordinators, he did not win a lot of big games that he was in, even like in regular season games they did wind up winning division titles, um, plural, which is very important to me. Uh, but they, the best chance that he had was a game in Pittsburgh in the playoffs where Carson Palmer got his knee blown out and he absolute cheap shot yeah. uh, that Bengals fans are still pissed yeah, off about. For sure. And yeah. they should be. As mad uh, as I am and I, still about Tyron so, so Walker. Somebody brought this up, and I, I don't remember if it was in the Slack or if it was on Twitter, but um, oh, it, it was on Twitter, and it was Brett Whitefield who asked this. Um, do you think, and he asked me, do I think that the Bengals teams, if they had Matthew Stafford um, specifically instead of Andy Dalton, 
after the 2012 and 2013 seasons if they win playoff games. And I said, hell, yes, they would have won at least one I each year. I completely agree with that. They were the better team. They Completely were held agree. back by a pedantic quarterback. Um, and Andy Dalton is he is your dead average quarterback. You give them I've never heard a quarterback referred to as pedant- pedantic before, but I I think they that's are, accurate. <laughs> they, they are, and those those teams were loaded because that was that was when they were at their offensive line best. That was when they had um, uh, their their AJ their best Green, Marvin career. Jones, and Muhammad yeah. Sanu, and yes. Tyler Eifert, and yes. Gianno Bernard, Giovanni, and yeah. Giovanni Bernard, and yeah, no, they were they were they, stacked. Andrew yeah. Whitworth and. Jesus, that team was that was a that was a great football team. And and you have to remember, Marvin is why that team was together. And Marvin is why that team achieved what it did. Now, did they need to achieve more? Yes. Yes, they did. Did was it Marvin holding them back? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I, I I can't fight the fact that he didn't win a playoff game. I can't fight the fact that he did not hire great coordinators. Um and um, he also had the same problem that Jim Caldwell did of being a little bit too loyal to guys who weren't working out all that well. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically of their secondary coach. He did hire Terrell Austin after Terrell Austin left Detroit. And I think he figured out pretty quickly why Terrell Austin left Detroit and didn't have any <laughs> other job offers. Uh, that didn't work. He was way too quick to rescue Hugh Jackson after Hugh Jackson got fired. Yep. Um, and that, and that that's a fireable offense for me. And if he wants to bring Hugh Jackson as his offensive coordinator, no Mm-mm. pass. Mm-mm. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No. So, but the one thing you can say is he did get him to the playoffs, right? And for the Detroit Lions, seven times, that's a big step. Um, it's a big step. seven times in a twelve-year span, won four division titles in that time. Again, in a division with the Ravens and the Steelers, both being perennial playoff teams. Yeah. Yep, there you go. And they had they, there was an identity. You did not want to play the Cincinnati Bengals. They were going to punch you in the mouth. They were gonna they were gonna be a very difficult team to face. They had a a tangible identity to them that the Lions have not had probably since the the 2011 team with 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 Sue coming in um, yeah. the, and and that edge and, and Kyle Vandenbosch and guys like that. Um, the, you, one of the one of the criticisms that I had about Patricia was that. You didn't know what they were. I mean, they wanted to be multiple. Be be something. Have an identity. They didn't have that at all. That the pad I, level I, was it, good. Not really. No. <laughs> they thought it was. It was, it was terrible. But the fundamentals. They had the fundamentals good. Oh my god. Yeah. So so yes, I I will I will freely admit I do have a Marvin Lewis bias, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not blind to the fact that he's not a perfect candidate. Sure. All right. Um, with that, a uh, lot of questions in the chat, guys. We're, we're, we've got our list of guys. If you want to get a question in, the best way is use that super chat just because we've got a list we're trying to get through. And we all started today having worked 47 million hours in the last three. So we're going to try to stick to the list. If you super chat us, we'll get your questions in. All right. Uh, next of the coaches we want to talk about is a guy. He's really, really high on uh, Lions fans' lists. Um, a big, big deal. His name is Robert Sala. 49ers defensive coordinator and I want to come at this from an angle I want to start at this from an angle that I haven't heard anybody talking about okay has nothing to do with cakes but can you imagine okay things don't go right being universally hated in your hometown 
Could you ever come back? I mean, visit your parents and go go down to the store. The guys wants to get a pack of cigarettes, but <laughs> but to go down to the store, get a pack of gum uh, or a soda or something. Get a, go to the the pastry store to get a cake and go just, to Marvin Jones' wife's place. Get I don't a- understand why you don't think this is something I already know. You know. Well, you know, okay, case maybe you can speak from experience <laughs> shortly. Uh, <laughs> But can you imagine, <laughs> seriously, in, in, a, in a town and with a team that's had the, the kind of, um, it, it's got the talent on the roster right now that it does, who knows who you're going to get for uh, for a GM at this point, but all arrows point to this is going to be a really tough job and it's one that may, you may not be successful in. Do you want to risk not being able to come home again in the future? And to me, that's actually a consideration for Salah in in accepting this job. This is home, right? And like I've I've not lived in Detroit now for 15 years and it's still absolutely home. All my friends that that I grew up with have moved who have moved away. Some of them are still around, but most of them have all moved away. It's still home. Every time I get there, I go back to my old house. I go back to my old neighborhood. I do all those things. It's still home. To be to have to do that in the trunk of the car instead of being able to ride where people can see you, that's horrifying. I, that's a huge consideration, I think, for somebody wanting to take this job. That being said, Riz, where are you at with uh, Robert Sala as a, uh, as a head coach for the Lions? So he is certainly the fan favorite. I think that's a, that's a safe presumption there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that he is the favorite of the people who are making the decision. Uh, again, that's just my read on it. That's not any insider information. Um, he interviewed. <laughs> there are mixed reviews about his interview. The people who are in Detroit all say, um, and I'll, I'll lean on Dave Burkett here, said it was a very good interview, that it went fine, um, that the, the the coordinators that he chose, the coaching staff that he presented was was perfectly acceptable. Uh, he that's has also so since- inspiring. Yeah, it's fine. It's perfectly lie. acceptable. It's yeah, um, yeah, and and, it's and not we, offensive. It's we know who the the offensive coordinator is. Um, Mike Lafleur from the 49ers, um, and he he seems to be a, a good guy. I just my read on is that I think that if they were going to hire him, they would have hired him already uh, because he has now taken a second interview with the New York Jets. Yeah, saw that, and they seem very interested in that. And I wonder if, if I don't know, Chris, you brought up, I, I never honestly thought of that angle, but I like it. And, and it, it, it's, it's actually wrecking with my brain right now um, <laughs> because uh, uh, it, it, it is something that you do need to consider if you're going back to your own. He's from, he's not just from, he's from Dearborn. Right. I mean, you can, he can walk to the, 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 the Lions training facility from where he grew up. That's, uh, that's, that's not an, that's not a, something that you can sneeze at. No, I, 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 and, and as somebody who's had to move away and, and, and come back, I can't imagine. I mean, I miss every time I yeah, come back to Detroit. It just feels so good to be home. You know what I mean? I can't going imagine. Going to Miller's every time. Yeah, oh, God. That's why I always drag you there. I'm sorry. Absolutely. It's all right. I like place. That. It's good. Oh, yeah, here's Case. Just don't even start, Case. Don't even Same start. Same waitress has been there since 1977. That's yep. all good. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we might get our burgers done at a different, you know, Temperature, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worms here. Anyway, the, uh, the baggie of onions <laughs> got me. I got I'm not gonna lie. That. <laughs> that wasn't a COVID thing either. That's what makes it even that much better. <laughs> All right, um, Case, what are you thinking? Where's your head at with Salah? Well, I completely hear what you're saying, but at the same time, like 
conventional wisdom would tell you that the hometown connection is a bonus. Like that would be an incentive. Agreed. So how do you weigh the two against each other? And I I just don't know the answer to that. Um, I like him. I, I think that a lot of people are, would my concern with him coming in is that it would start a round of um, religious fervor that would have higher potential to backlash amongst our fan base because I think our fan base is prone to that kind of thing. Like when the fur when the when the intensity of the desire for an a, a specific dude gets too high, it tends to cause Godly. a backlash when it doesn't work out. If it doesn't work out immediately, like if Selah Sela uh, went, you know, five or six wins next year, I think that you'd immediately have everybody in Lions Dumb saying, well, this is why the hell did we do this? This was a mistake from the beginning. He's never going to work out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if we took somebody a little bit more controversial or we did something like promote Daryl Bevel or brought in Marvin Lewis. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not actually suggesting that. I'm just, (laughs) just saying um, that I think in those, in, in those circumstances, or unfortunately, I think the guy that like, I got my hopes up a little bit for is Matt Campbell. uh, And that's not happening now. Um, But Yeah. Um, but I think somebody more unknown like that would have at least tempered the expectations and would have made the transition a little bit easier. If Sela is the guy, it's gonna be it's going to be very difficult to please right away, and that that is a that is a problem mm-hmm. that I think we face as a franchise as a fan base. And I think he as a coach faces that exact same thing. He doesn't want to come yeah. out and not win. Right. So I this do understand where you're coming from with the thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I I just I just put the little above Riz's head there over the It's cake. <laughs> the cake is with a lie. With a cherry on top. The cake is a lie. It's <laughs> one of my favorite. I I've never had the opportunity. That's that meme has been around since I it's since ages, ages ago when I started playing games. And uh, thanks, thanks to our friends from Portal. All right, uh, let's move on. Um, <laughs> so we had Robert Sala. Let's move on. You, you talked about uh, maybe somebody a little less known. Uh, a lot of people are surprised by the Danimal, Dan Campbell. Um, Danimal! I, 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 <laughs> I want to ask right off the top, Riz, and then I'll let you go into your talk about Dan Campbell. Can you make Sean McVay comparisons here with the hire of Dan Campbell at the Lions? He certainly has that sort of unbridled physical enthusiasm. He's, if you watch the the, the Rams Seahawks game, he's running down the field on the sidelines, yep. slapping people on the ass, and that that's that's, and that's the folks in the fans or in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Dan, it's infectious. Danimal is a guy. Um, a lot of people equate him to Mike Vrabel as a guy who's going to go out there and he's going to take reps, um, and he's going to win reps without pads on against guys who have pads on. That, that's who he is. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. What, I, I honestly don't know what to make of him because uh, his interim stint in Miami went really well, better than expected. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and he got a lot of guys there to buy into him as an interim coach that Daryl Bevel did not, that most interim coaches don't get that level of commitment to him. And that says a lot to me. He's been very successful in New Orleans as the, not just the tight ends coach, but the assistant head coach. He's had a lot of input from Sean, from, from, from Sean Payton down there. He's, he's well-regarded. He's young. He knows Detroit. He played here. Um, not very long, but he did play here. There, there's a lot of, if you're somebody who likes the, that, that kind of coach and um, he's, Sala is also like that, but he's he's uh, he, he's Danimal. He he embraces yeah. being called Danimal. He yeah. likes that. He's that kind of guy. If that's your guy, he's definitely your guy. He's going to be the fittest coach in Lions history if he gets hired. There's no, no don't even he, close. He, he he's six five two sixty and can still like he looks like he can still play. And I believe he's forty five years old. I yeah. mean he's yeah incredible. He he is he is um. If you liked Chris Kasurik as your defensive tackle coach, you're going to like Danimal a lot because <laughs> they are cut from the same cloth. <laughs> and and one of the things he brings is his he's not an imposter. And that's one of the things that we've talked about with um Matt Patricia constantly trying to shift and be something he wasn't. And and we talk about that, and I don't want folks to be to be confused. I believe we got to see a very genuine Matt Patricia when we met him at the senior bowl. Riz, I, I think Agreed. we saw who he really was in that conversation. You throw some Hooters, Hooters girls in the mix, and, and you got a guy. You know, he's 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 letting the, he's, his and, buttons. And are every loose. person in the Detroit media has said that that he was a much different guy, especially the last year and a half of his his job. And that guy is the guy that you wanted to root for. But the guy who came, the, yeah, guy, no. the guy in the locker room was not that guy. He was an imposter. And he was yeah. trying to be something, I think, that he truly wasn't and trying to build what he thought was supposed to be his image and the image of the team. And it just, it, whether he believed it was supposed to be or not, it wasn't who he was and it just didn't right. win anybody over. And I think that was his biggest problem. Um, Case, wh- where's your head at on uh, on Danimal? You you a big Dan Campbell fan? You wanna- I actually like him a lot. Um <sighs> I'm not sure who my top candidate is, but uh, it might be him or Sella for me as my top two options. That's where my head's at, too. I I, I won't disagree at all. Again, in case it's uh, I think those are great, great options. Um, I, I, and I think it's it's all about the mix. And we'll talk about that shortly before I get into Arthur Smith. Who, who sounds like an author rather than offensive coordinator. But uh, I, Dan, the other Danimal in the uh, Super Chat, you guys think the 21 off, 2021 offseason will be back to normal. I feel like it's going to get really, really close. I don't know if we'll, we'll quite be there. Where I'm at, who's What's been... What's normal? Like it, we are we talking about camp. normal going forward or normal like... Going to training camp. Having, the way it was 10 years ago because we're never going back to that. So... <laughs> I, don't, I, I I think we'll have training camp. I, I really do. Yeah. And maybe it's the optimist in me. I think we'll have fans in there. I think they'll do OTAs and they'll do that stuff. Uh, the company I work at is extremely risk averse. And um, I mean, we're talking in November or maybe it was even October. They said we're not going back to in office work until June. But I I think that that's sticking to where it is. So I think from a fan's perspective, I think in the interactions we get with the team, I think, you know, summer is going to break and we're going to be able to to take advantage and take part in 
uh, Lions off-season activities. Um, Riz, you have any so. other any God, questions? So. Senior so. Bowl uh, is Senior Bowl is a whole other ball of wax. I think we'll talk about that next week. And um, we're um, you will know something about the combine, which is probably not going to happen. Um, and there was an NFLPA call today that I sat in on um, as a member of the, the NFLPA media, uh, and they. That sort of dodged it. D. Smith and, and J.C. Shredder, who's the player president, sort of dodged it. But it, I, I am not expecting to go to Indianapolis for the combine this year, and I don't think many people are, uh, especially after today. Yep. Now I will tell you, we're working hard on Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl is they're they're having it there, but it's going to be it's 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 a lot different. It's a whole lot different. But we have um, some plans. I'm working with our friends Jim Nagy and uh, Dave Rogers over there to, to to set up. We have some really really good plans. I'm still taking the week off of work to be able to get you guys the coverage, and uh, I think we're going to be able to do that. So so stay tuned. That is that's next week, by the way. Um, that is not not this week. This is Tuesday. This yeah, is Tuesday, yeah. right? Yep. yep. I, I, that, that Sunday night football game it killed it's, me. Um, I don't. I really don't know what day or time yeah, it is. No, it's, it's not next. It's the week of the twenty fifth. So is not it? next week. The week after. Yeah. God, okay. you scared me for a second. All right. <laughs> so yeah, we're is working it? on that. We'll, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we got yeah. you guys. Don't worry. Uh, All right. Yeah. So there we go. The Browns uh, will be done by then, so I'll be able to have more time. To <laughs> if they beat the Chiefs, I'll eat that. I will eat that gladly. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't blame you for that they'll, statement they'll be, at all. Can you imagine? They, they, honest to God, they do have a shot at this. They yeah, really do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not going to poo-poo their chances, but yeah. the Chiefs are favored by 10 for a reason. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine? Cleveland would absolutely burn. Absolutely oh burn God. if they beat the Chiefs. They don't even have to go any further. That That's the Super Bowl right there. Uh, really quick, there's a guy. Um, don't know him. He's in the feed in the uh, um, in the Twitter right now. Everyone won an extensive and thorough search. Now they're bitching because it actually takes time. Ha, ha, ha. It's absolutely <laughs> where we are, right? Welcome I mean, to my Twitter. Nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely nailed it. All right, let's get on to the next one. Arthur Smith. Uh, Arthur, author extraordinaire, well-known in the literary world, also Titans <laughs> offensive coordinator. Um, I don't have a whole lot on him. I've seen it, and it hasn't stuck in my head. I just... And maybe I'm so, wrong. Maybe I'm absolutely wrong, but I just haven't seriously taken taken him as a candidate. And maybe he is creative. He is of the same basic uh, mindset that Kevin Stefanski is in Cleveland, and that has worked out very well. And uh, I will bring this up, and I put this on Browns White today. Today is the one year anniversary of the Browns hiring Kevin Stefanski. He should be the NFL Coach of the Year this year. There was a poll run on Twitter at this day last year. 57% of Browns fans hated the hate, didn't just dislike, they hated yeah. the hiring of Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> so keep that in mind when the Lions make a decision. He was not a popular hire. Now, now he's a god. He is a god in Cleveland right yeah. now. He's like, yeah. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Stay, don't close yourself off. Don't paint yourself in a corner like that because there's a there's a, a guy, um, a, a boat boat themed fellow who did that in Cleveland who's taking a tremendous amount of crap today. There Arthur Smith is the son of the founder of FedEx. And there was a lot of concern that he got his job because of that. He has proven that is not true. He is a very capable offensive coordinator. He gets a lot of credit for reviving Ryan Tannehill's career. When it absolutely positively has to get to the end zone, you call Arthur Smith, right? Right. How about that? He has designed an offense around a unique offensive weapon in Derrick Henry that, that yeah. 
And I don't think other people would have done it as well as Arthur Smith did. Obviously, it's a tremendous asset to have him. A.J. Brown is a phenomenal find as a wide receiver. Corey Davis came to life this year, healthy finally. Um, they have probably the best set of triplets in the NFL. Um, not not all the time, but with the way Tannehill's played the last couple of years when since Smith has really taken charge, that's very impressive. Is there worry that he is like Eric Bieniemy and a guy who is having a lot of success on his office because he has more talent than other people can handle? Probably, but that shouldn't disqualify him from being a candidate. Yep. Yep. There you go. All right. Uh, anything on Arthur C. Clark Smith that you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing I was going to mention is the whole Derrick Henry thing and whether or not that just is like too much of a freak for other teams to handle. And if that's, you know, just puts a little smoke or fog around yeah. the situation. But I mean, I, I don't think I don't think Jeff's wrong about what he said either. I think that he deserves a chance somewhere. I'm not sure that I want that he's at my the top of my list, but if we ended up picking him up, I could definitely, you know, he is not. But I will say it. this: I will say this um, with some limited knowledge from somebody that I trust is that I think he will wind up getting the Philadelphia Eagles job. Sure, there you go. All right, so we're moving through uh, one more coach we want to talk about, and this one should go relatively quickly. Um, one thing about college coaches is they tend, because of recruiting and 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 the things that go on with uh, making sure the recruits don't feel left out and that you can keep your recruits that you've worked so hard to get at school, is you don't talk about leaving when you're a coach until you're leaving. You're gone. <laughs> you got the box under <laughs> you got, your arm. You got, and you got your signing in. bonus already. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 a little bit harder to talk about these guys. But Matt Campbell, Iowa State coach. Um, what the place that Case really wished he could go to hang out with his parents, alma mater, maybe join his dad's fraternity, get his name on the oh, wall yeah. of fame. Um, <laughs> I don't think my dad was in a fraternity. My mom was in a sorority, but okay, whatever. My dad was kind of a non-joiner that runs in the family. So. Yeah, huh? I, I don't. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt Campbell. It doesn't sound like there's a whole lot going on here. Riz, uh, thoughts on on where we could go here with him? I can confirm, and I sent you the confirmation that I got that the Lions were very interested in Matt Campbell. Um, and I've also sent that to a couple other people and had it validated on their ends as well. Um, they they absolutely approached Matt Campbell. I don't think this was a I don't want to go to Detroit thing because I I also have good knowledge that he was also approached by other NFL teams. He wants to stay in college. He likes it there. Mm -hmm. He he is not ready to leave that yet. Um, so he is staying at Iowa State. Do not read that as he rejected the Lions. Um, the, I as far as I know, they never made an offer to him. They just were like, "Hey, are you interested? Do you want to interview for this?" Um, there was one specific person inside the Lions organization who very much liked him and was was very interested in having him um, interview for the job. And Campbell passed and say, lovey, there you go. Good luck to him at, at Iowa State. I, I yeah, like him a lot. He's 41. He, I mean, yeah. he's got plenty of time in his football career to and go, fire. you know, as a coach. So, uh, yeah, I I can't argue with him wanting to stay somewhere where he's he's seeing a lot of success right now so that's yeah. 
And uh, just Don H, two things in the in the chat. Uh, first, case this is an offer. He'll bring the beer. His sons and son, his son in laws at ISU, so you can go down and sure. uh, hang sure. out and uh, party at the sorority sure. with him. Uh, also, <laughs> he's uh, uh, Dan uh, Matt. Oh, I want to say Dan Campbell now, but uh, Matt is making bank down there. His contract goes yes, to twenty twenty five, and that's the one thing about leaving the college ranks. And it, sure, there's you know. You make so much more money at the college level if you're one of those top coaches. Why the motivation to go to the pros, right? Is is what fame, glory? You have to question the challenge, maybe, (laughs) yeah. But you have to you have to question the motivations. I think about people making that jump because God, you really are the peak. You are, if you're you are good in college, in college, you can stay there a hell of a long time. <laughs> and you're everything, right? You are an absolute god amongst men it, where you live and work and everything else. Mm-hmm. That's that's a heck of a thing to try to pull somebody out of. So there you go. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about now really quickly um, the, the question that came out of the phone call. Behind closed doors, what's going on and where are they in the process? And I have some thoughts here. Um, Lay it out because I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts here. <laughs> I'm thinking that this process is one of them playing matchmakers. They're trying. They're, they're interviewing all the people, and I think part of the questions are for the head coaches: who's the right kind of GM for you? Who do you want? Why do you like this person for a GM? And conversely, the same thing about GMs and head coaches. And they're trying to find how do we find the right pairing? Um, not necessarily they 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 don't want to hire a GM who's going to bring his guy in. They're thinking a little bit more along the Amy Trask's like who's going to work well together and who's going to fit well together. They're looking for the very very best. And uh, and and working their way through there, and I, I think they're probably going to weigh the GM heavier than the coach because they tend to be more expensive. And because of that idea that I talked about earlier, that you need to sign these guys to long term deals. If you're going to cut one loose, you're going to want to cut the coach loose, not the GM. And uh, so that's a cheaper way to go, especially when they've got what two more years that they're playing Quinn and Patricia right now, and literally getting nothing. Uh, so I think that's kind of the thinking that they have going on and how they're doing it. They're trying to play that matchmaker role. And I, I think that's a, it's a, the way they're doing it seems pretty admirable. And some of the leaks that have come out is uh, Sheila Ford Hamp has done a really, really good job in her role at running this. I've, I've heard a lot of really good things about her. I don't know if that's PR or if that's, you know, people leaking things that they want them to leak or something like that. But it just, the way this process is run, I talked about it in the vlog. And if you guys haven't seen it, youtube.com slash Detroit. Watch it. Watch the vlogs. They're great. You're going to see. I have one from me soon. Yeah. Yeah. We got Riz coming. Ash coming Thursday. I have one for me later this week too. Case coming. We got some other folks too. So check it out. That's on the YouTube channel. You'll you'll love that stuff. But um, uh, yeah, that's, that's really the, the idea. We need a competent search. That's one of the big points I made. We need to look like we're, we're a, a real football team <laughs> and that we can do this for real and uh, i talked about like the texans like, like is the, the the jets right when they hired gase everyone was like okay this is good good hire good hire and the first interview right and this is i'm going to do the same move i did the uh, the crazy eyes right going on and boom instantly all credibility was gone it was nothing but downhill <laughs> from there right it was nuts and yeah I, you can't you can't hire a guy that your division rival just fired because his players hated him yeah you can't do that oh god so I think the competence of the process and then hopefully no sexual allegation charges come out like right after you hire them, that's another good one. Right? A competent, solid process with real uh, uh, background checks and, and, and bringing good people in really will go a long way 
for this team. And I think that's going to get both the GM and the head coach off on the right foot if they can do that. I think that's one of the the most important components is building that confidence in the base of the fans and the players that they've really done it right. And so far, I'd say they have. So that's what I kind of think is going on. Riz, how about you? What's your thoughts about what's going on behind the closed doors? I, I think it's very similar. I think they are trying very hard to not repeat the mistakes that they made the last time around. Um, Rod Wood specifically, um, trusting too much in one voice, um, that voice being Ernie Acorsi, um, who came incredibly qualified. And I, I was I was ecstatic when they brought him in. It wound up not working. Um, I think he, I think Rod has learned that his process needed to be better. That's why Chris Spielman is there. That is why they have cast a wider net. They've already interviewed, I think, four times as many people as they did in that entire search um, between the, the head coach and the, uh, the general manager times. So they're learning, and I think that's a very positive thing. I think they're open to different ideas. I don't think they have a preconceived notion of what direction they want the team to go which is both good and bad. I do think I absolutely believe Rod Wood when he says that the next general manager and coach will decide Matthew Stafford's fate. I 100% believe that. And I think that's a big thing going on that they're going to have to decide, okay, let's say coach X and GM X are like, we're ready to move on from Stafford. Um, They have to be willing to, Except that. And I don't know where they're at on that. I have no idea. I don't even want to speculate on it. It's but tough. those are the types of things that they have to figure out and they have to get that right. Yep. Um, and because if you give up on Matthew Stafford and he goes to the Colts and wins a Super Bowl in 2023 and 2025, and he could, that's not going to look good. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, one of the things of not having a complete idea of what they're looking for. I actually would think of this as a good thing because I believe there's a vision and they've talked a lot about it and you can tell they've spent time establishing what their vision is. The kind of idea of extreme ownership is, is having a piece of that vision. They're going to find a GM who aligns with their vision, but helps craft it and put the final, yes. put the final touches yes. on that. Then they all own it. They all believe it and they're all heading in the same direction. I think that's one of the, the key things that it, it appears they're doing here from a perspective of leadership and, and that makes so much more sense than either throwing it in the lap of Bob Quinn and giving him far more jobs than he, he deserved and was able to do at once and saying, take us to the, the promised land or versus saying, you're going to do this and trying to fit a, a, any kind of peg into the hole that they fit, they created because you're just not going to find that perfect fit. Give them ownership, give them a piece of the pie, give them a taste of it and make them uh, you know, have them help lead in the same direction. I think that just is is a key piece of of that, and one of the reasons why I'm kind of happy that they haven't just, you know, very concretely laid down exactly what they're doing. Hopefully, that makes sense. Uh, no, it, it it does. And and to go to circle back to John Schneider, Seattle, Seattle did a fantastic job of doing that with Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Yeah. Um, Cleveland Browns are still playing this weekend in part because they had a vision. They actually hired their head coach. Uh, Kevin Stefanski before they hired the general manager, but the general manager did used to work there, Andrew Barry, that they, they had a plan where the, they saw the same way. Um, and it's weird for me to talk about the Browns in a positive light in terms of decisions that they've made. General. <laughs> they got it right. They, they, they nailed it. It took a hell of a lot of tries, but they, they found people who shared the same football values and the same personal values. I think that's very important. I think you see that in Pittsburgh. You see that in Baltimore. Um, when it went from Ozzie Newsom to Eric DaCosta, 
it was a seamless transition because they all shared the same values, not just in football, but also in life around it. I think that's a, that I think that is something that Chris Spielman brings to the table that wasn't there. And I, I honestly, I think Sheila is more in tune with that. Uh, just based on the little snippets that she's given us about um, how competitive she is and, and working um, being a woman in the role that she's in uh, gives her a different perspective on that, that I, that I think is healthy in this dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, and, and, and yeah, I know. I think, I think, um, very much so. And you know what? If her middle name is Marie and I have to look it up, you know that her uh, <laughs> her initials are SM, <laughs> SMFH. <laughs> just just thinking. Uh, okay. So with that, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to do that. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, really quick uh, good one from the chat. Don H. Turns out the Patriot Way is a quarterback playing down in Tampa Bay right now. Uh, the Patriot Way is a quarterback that marries a supermodel and leaves $150 million of cap on the table to spend on other pieces. That's what the, the, the Patriot Way is also building a, a defense around linebackers that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you, that that's going to be the subject of my vlog. Ooh, I'm excited. So, yeah, uh, the vlog on face or on Facebook, on uh, YouTube, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. So far, we've let you know that it's Chris, Ash, Risden, Case, there's more though. There's more coming with more videos for you guys. So check it out at uh, get in on that uh, YouTube channel and subscribe because you don't want to miss it. One last piece is less than a minute to finish this out, guys. Um, first, I got to say Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Go on over there, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Do all your purchases for everything you want to own, buy, impulse buy, drunk buy. There is no better secret Santa than drunk you. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Go get your stuff and send it home. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to talk about just the absolute audacity of Rod Wood, the guy who says he doesn't know anything about football, playing GM and signing linebacker Sean Dion Hamilton from Washington via waivers. He's destroyed our roster because he doesn't know anything about football. And now he's replaced Jelani Tavai. What are we doing? Is our linebacker core forever fixed? Risen, are, are we healed already? Sorry, I think I hit all the points oh. on that one. <laughs> You know who the best linebacker in Washington was this year? John Bostic. <laughs> oh, wow. There's your answer. <laughs> oh, they had a good front four, though. They had a phenomenal front four and a better secondary than advertised. To. So good you didn't even need linebackers. <laughs> that's, that's very... I, I will not... Do Bostic actually played pretty well for them, to give him some credit, but... That's yeah. yeah. Yep. That's a team that needs Chandler Parsons a lot. <laughs> or not Chandler Parsons. I'm, I'm thinking basketball because my son's over here is wearing a Rockets jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <I> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so tired. Guys. I called Marvin Lewis so, Marvin Jones. It's okay. <laughs> I, uh, so so covering the Sunday night game, um, I have I'm assigned eight things that I have to write post game. So I got to bed about four. Um, I still get up at six thirty every, actually before six thirty every morning. Um, I'm I'm fried, guys. So I'm 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 done. I'm, done. I'm, I'm with <laughs> you, brother. Let's just kill it. Yep, we got it. All right. Remember, this show needs your involvement. If you have, I've been over here eating fries for the last like five minutes, so I'm not contributing anything either. Caffeine and mattresses. We take that kind of involvement. Bring it on in. We use the comments of the subreddit to give us your feedback. We appreciate that. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon. That's where the Slack chat is. The most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. I tell you, 
You know, you've heard it. You've heard it here. It's been really good this week, too. It's been awesome. I love you guys. It's been awesome. Uh, The conversation is the best. You're not going to find anything this good anywhere. Uh, It's a great, great group of people. My my big extended family of friends that I've never met. It's a really awesome, awesome group. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month donation will get you in there. You have a good time with good people. Uh, And the Slack chat. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Helps support the show to do all the great stuff we do. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast. DET Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see hair case. With his mouth full. (laughs) Of what? Give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your ears or mouth, as it were, automatically. Uh, YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. We have all kinds of videos coming out now on a regular basis. Don't miss those. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, babe. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How Big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.